Hi guys, um, welcome back to another episode of What Does It Take? Today, our guest is actually someone quite from a different world from other people that I've interviewed so far. I've interviewed um, our president of JSS. I've interviewed the president of CS. I'll be interviewing someone from a similar world later on today. However, my guest at the moment comes from quite a different world again from us three so far. So first of all, we'd just like to get a brief introduction from our special guest herself. Hello, my name is Ewan. I am a second year occupational therapy student and I am the secretary of Curtin Occupational Therapy Association. Wow. Okay. So let's get right into it. I just want to start with quite a brief question, not into like the actual way that our clubs work or anything, but just about occupational therapy in general. I know uh, particularly for myself and my peers, I study physiotherapy and occupational therapy is a bit of a, we don't really know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And even though I also, um, I work in aged care as a physiotherapy assistant Mm -hmm. and I do see a lot of occupational therapy assistants and occupational therapists come through. However, I don't really know what they do in particular. And I think a lot of the general um, consensus is that OTs and PTs, there's a little stereotype that they do the same thing. Mm. So can you just sort of clear that up or what does occupation, what do occupational therapies, oh, occupational therapists actually do? Um, We work in a very wide range of um, areas. So we can do like mental health, pediatrics, gerontology, um, uh, rehab. So there's a really broad um, aspect to it, but I would say OTs mainly focus on like improving people's abilities to do like their day-to-day activities. And we base it off what they can do and what they can't do. So we, um, we focus on like helping them to improve their day-to-day activities. So in um, comparison to like a physio, I would say like maybe a physio would help a um, someone tra- walk how how they walk to the toilet, whereas mm-hmm. OTs would help them. Will focus on trying to help them do the activities in the toilet, such so, such as like showering and ah uh, yeah yeah using like equipments or like strategies. Yeah. Okay, so you did mention that gerontology is a little like aspect of mm. occupational therapy that people can go into and. Obviously, me working in aged care, gerontology is a big part of what I do as well. However, in my workplace, I do see, and this kind of fascinates me as well, that the occupational therapy assistants are usually the ones in charge of hand therapy. So do you know, like, about why you guys do in particular or, um, like, why exactly that it's the occupational therapist's job for hand therapy? Um, Yeah, hand therapy is also, like, a pretty big area in OT as well. Um, So... What we can usually for hand therapy we do is there's like um some like exercises or like we make splints as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then obviously like hands are like a pretty big part of like doing like day to day things. So like without your hands, then it's yeah, that's not what you can do. Yeah, yeah. So even though I do do as a physiotherapist, we do our hand specific exercises like mm-hmm. just ranges of motion, but. Can you get into a bit more specifics? Like, could you give me an example of what you guys might do? Like, is it hand therapy for a person, like, suited to their job? Or what, what do they actually do, like, with their hands? Um, it depends. It really depends what they want to do. So, like, if it's, like, someone's job and they need to 
um, use their hands, we'll look into like doing some like um, exercises or like some rehab um, to you know improve their like fine motor skills. Oh yes. Yeah, and then make some splints and then teach them some exercises. So like gradually they'll return to hopefully like return to full recovery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that clears it up a little bit because. As physiotherapists, like when it comes to the hands, I know I've studied a little bit of um, hand like movements in mm. physio so far, but we don't really get into much training of fine motor skills. Mm. As much as we'd like to go through functional training for um, each body part, mm. it seems like you guys have covered hands the most or more than us, in my opinion, so far. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. Like you guys, like, as you said, um, hands are like one of the most important things when you're like trying to actually do things mm. when you're trying to do things specific to a job that you might be good at yeah so it's quite good to hear like um that even though originally I thought there must have been a lot of overlap it's not as big as I thought it would be like yeah. that physio and OT are still like two different worlds even though there's still exercise involved yeah and like aspects of rehabilitation but it definitely we work together closely because mm we help one another in like places we can't so yeah. yeah for sure for sure okay so let's talk a little bit more about your actual role as secretary of coda okay mm-hmm. so firstly i just want to ask how does your degree so occupational therapy itself honors might i add mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> how does it help you with your role itself as your secretary position um i would say it helps a little bit um so as an OT, we have to be like really detail orientated and focusing on like really minor um, details, as I said. Um, so I guess that helps in my role as a secretary, being able to you know organize and then like keep everything um, like up to date and stuff. Right. Okay. So keeping up to date, things like that. Um, being, would you say organization is more of a like general thing that you're not being taught particularly but you've learned while doing your course yeah and it's a little bit as for me as well because I'm like more like a neat and like tidy oh, organized person yes, yes. So I think that helps as well but other than that I did I had to learn a lot of like the secretary um like roles and like what to do as I go because I didn't have anyone else to like learn from like because right. we are like a new club yeah so let's talk about that I'm actually, um, I've actually known Ewan for a very long time now. Um, I've known, uh, just to put into context, I've had Claudia and Ben come on before and I've only known Claudia for about, I'd say about six months now and Ben for a little under a year. And I've known Ewan for, I think, over two years now. So I've seen like her change and grow and what she's been doing, what she's been up to. And I've sort of seen Coda from the beginning because Coda is a new club and there was no CODA the year before t- this year. So she's the first secretary of CODA. And I just want to ask, like, how did it actually start? And when did it start in particular? Um, I remember, like, start of, like, when I started my degree, there was no OT club, which was, like, a bit of a bum for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so someone in during, like, February was asking in our Facebook group, for OT Facebook group, was out of nowhere. She just posted a thing and was like, does anyone want to start an OT club? And that was how um, a few of us started to get on board with it. We just, and then from there, we like decided who was going to be what role. And we applied with Guild to um, to sign up for the club. And that was 
the date we signed up, um, like applied was 1st of March, 2021. Wow. But we didn't get up and running until May because we had to wait for all like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So although like it was just a prompt from like a Facebook group, do you think that you guys or even the person who made that post really knew what they were getting themselves into? No, I don't think any of us knew what we were getting ourselves into. We were kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, start a club. It's so, like, I don't think anyone knew, like, because at the start, everyone was kind of like, what is my role? What do I have to do? Oh, yeah, true. And, yeah, everyone was a bit confused at the start as well. And it was kind of like a weird overlap of, like, is this my job or is this, like, this person's job? Right. Yeah. yeah. I would assume it would be extremely tough, like, especially just making a new club in general because... I don't think that people who are experienced, like people who have gained experience in other clubs would want to start a new club. Yeah. So generally people who start new clubs are probably going to be fresh, like office Amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like your club itself now, instead of like the actual roles, we'll we'll leave that for a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to talk a little bit about KCC as well in comparison, but Mm -hmm. We brand ourselves as a socio-cultural club. Mm-hmm. So social aspect being we have our events, like clubbing events, which is quite um, uncommon for non-socio uh, clubs. And we have our quiz nights, et cetera, et cetera, where our aim is a lot of like just hanging out sort of thing, um, air quote, hanging out. And we have our cultural aspect, which we don't address that much of, but is um, expressed a lot through just playing Korean music and trying to have as many Korean-oriented events as possible. Mm. However, you guys brand yourselves as an academic club, and yeah. I think I do see this on the Instagram bio as well. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So can you just go into a little bit about what an academic club actually is? Um, for, at least for us, an academic club is kind of, we focus on like um, activities and events that would benefit the students in terms of like their career and like their studies. So we hold a lot of, our main focus is like holding CPD um, activities for the students, as well as like, we do have a social aspect, but even our social aspect is like, um, you know, gathering um, OTs from like the, across the years, like the different year groups. Mm. Um, and that is more like, probably like a networking aspect rather than like a social. Right, yeah. right. It's okay. more like networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've actually had this conversation before a little bit about um a particular event you have coming up but we'll talk about it later Mm -hmm. but you did mention it during that conversation that there was this cpd thing involved and Mm -hmm. that it would carry over into um ot itself yeah so something from a club that would actually carry into your degree can you actually go into a bit more depth of what cpd is um so cpd is continuing professional development and it's basically a thing i don't know i'm not sure about other uh, allied health professions but for us, when we graduate as OTs and um, become like proper uh, professionals, we every year we have thirty hours of like hours that we have to accumulate. Um, so it could be attending seminars, workshops, or like volunteering. So it's, it can't be anything paid, like unpaid work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like so you can like self like improve yourself in terms of being like a professional. Mm, okay, so is this like? Um, just because I've heard, like, this is, like, the first time I've heard of something like this. I know mm-hmm. that within physio, we don't have that sort of system going on even beyond um, graduation. Yeah. But is CPD just, like, like developing your soft skills or is it more than that? Um, 
because we have like uh, the OT has like this um, guideline, not guide, technically guidelines. It's like um, like four guidelines, and then you just based off the CPD is like how you would improve these. Mm, um, okay. Based on that, so it can be like communication, or it could be like upskilling, all oh, that sort okay. of stuff. Yeah. Okay. And what do you? What's your opinion about that system? Because in my opinion, I think like for physios to be attending sort of like seminars and events like these to mm-hmm. upskill themselves beyond graduation, I think that'd be like awesome for us. I don't know why we haven't done it, but just based off what I'm hearing, it sounds amazing. Why do? What do you think about CPD in general? Um, I think it's really good that we can like it kind of encourages us to like keep like upskilling ourselves, yeah. even like after we graduate. But I feel like 30 hours is actually quite a lot. If you think about when you graduate, you have like full-time work and you have True. to accumulate these 30 hours every single year. It could, it, I hope, I was wishing that it would be like probably less, maybe like um, 10, mm. but that's not for me to say. <laughs> yeah, I do believe that, um, I know within physiotherapy that, oh, I would, I would assume that this applies to a lot of professions, but mm-hmm. even beyond graduation, it's continually a learning process. Like, you never really stop learning. Yeah. Would you say, like, it's the same thing for OT? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because mm-hmm. even though we, like, um, we study all these different areas within our course, it's pretty much, like, even my tutors are saying, like, oh, I can't believe you have to learn this in this one lesson. <laughs> Whereas it's, like, a huge aspect as an OT when you, when you graduate. Um, so it's a lot of like learn as you go, even after you graduate. So being able, like having to upskill and then you just, just, you're always learning every right. single day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about office bearer positions now. Okay. So just a very general, um, question to just open up the floor. What do you think being an office bearer is easy? No. Okay. Straight okay. Up no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's just go into a little bit more detail. That's just a bit of a catalyst for this conversation at the yeah. moment. So what what about being an office bearer makes it so difficult? It's really time consuming. It takes up a lot of time, and because you're office bearer, you kind of like you are like the four main um, people of the club. You like run the um, you delegate. You have to delegate tasks. Um, you have to organize all the um, events and stuff. And you have to come up with ideas, at least that's for my club. Um, the office bearers do do quite a lot of the workload, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is actually a thought that I've had for like a little while now. And I think it's a little bit controversial because... The general public probably don't think about it as much. Our OCMs probably don't think about it as much. Mm. But you mentioned delegation of tasks. Mm. Okay. So I think a lot of us, people who want to be office bearers, want to do a lot of work and want to like sort of show that they've done a lot of work. Yeah. However, delegation of tasks is such an important thing to prevent our own stress, yeah. for example, right? So do you think that... The less work that you're doing, the more successful you are at delegating your tasks. See, it's quite a hard question to break down. Yeah, right? because yeah. I feel like uh, it's like a bad part of me as well because it's like if I don't do the work, I'm afraid it's not going to be up to what I want. Right, right. Which is so bad for me because I end up like taking up all of this load mm. to myself and not delegating the tasks. But then I'm also the type 
I'm like a people pleaser, so I don't. I really hate bossing people around. And oh like, yeah. So delegating tasks is so like, like foreign to me. Right. Because right. it's like I feel like oh you have to do this 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 and this and I whereas I'm like feeling like oh like but what if they don't like what if they don't want to do this? It's like do you think do they think like I'm you know, like trying to you know force the these tasks on them. Yeah. 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 I'll just talk about like this a little bit more in detail like. Um, I mentioned this conversation that I had earlier with um, during Claudia's podcast, but I did have a conversation with um, CS's president and uh, MSU's treasurer. And I would like to, I think I'd just like to make a note that CS's executive system, CS's way that they've delegated roles and the way KCC has sort of delegated their roles as well, mm-hmm. is actually quite similar in the fact that it's quite basic. So we do have our four executives at the moment and compared to CS's five, just having one extra public relations executive. Mm. But I don't believe that we really have (coughs) that many like roles that we have like pertaining to particular aspects of the club. For example, we don't really have like heads of intra club Mm. and all of these, like if we compare CS and KCC's club to like MSU. Yeah. MSU have so many of these like other heads or all these other positions and all of these subcommittees underneath these positions that can help them so much. But as a result of that, I do believe that it's a bit weird like when we ask that question of who's doing the most work. Yeah. Because within CS and KCC, it's usually like I'm not I'm not saying like we do the most work, but the presidents are usually doing a fair bit of work. Yeah. The VPs are usually also doing a fair bit of work. Mm-hmm. And same goes with secretary and treasurer. They still have their baseline to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not they go above and beyond. And I think that because with MSU, it's a bit different because um, I think I've heard around that the president doesn't have to do as much as like what we what we do mm-hmm. so as cs um cs said that their president was doing a whole lot of work and i truly believe that that's true mm. and i say that i'm doing quite a bit of work and i think that's true as well but i've heard conversations where msu is saying that the vp and p don't have to do that much work and like in in a general like opinion in general conversation it seems like that's a bad thing but in my eyes I would think that they must be really good at delegating their tasks yeah because you're still at the top of it but you're still like not stressing yourself out yeah. you're not doing too much work so just on the on the topic of like difficulty and like things like that I just want to ask like do you think it's easier being secretary or like do you think any roles are easier within CODA versus other roles Definitely anything that's not an office bearer role is like, <laughs> yeah, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. At least that's from my club. Um, because I feel like for my club, the office bearers are the ones that kind of um, have, like, the ones that initiates all the things and, like, the different events we want. We, we're the ones that come up with the ideas and we delegate the tasks to, like, our, like, events coordinators um and like a marketing to um to do whereas i would have preferred if like the ideas were coming from them mm. yeah 
So yeah, it's because a... it's like pretty much they just wait for what they have to be told to do, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a bit tough that that issue of like proactivity. Yeah. Within like every club is quite a big issue. Yeah. Do you have any like ways of like combating that or like how like making your committee members more proactive? Um. Because for like my committee, we are pretty small. We're only like eleven people at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is an issue with commitment within my committee. Um, because I think first of all, all of us like came into this not knowing the like how much time and effort it takes right. to like run a club, and it's it's not that we could have like picked our um committee at the start because it's like the more help we can get. We just anyone that was like, oh, like, can I join the club? Um, I'll be like, we'll be like, we don't even ask them much, <laughs> like, oh, when you're skilled and stuff, because we're like, we need as much help as we can get. Right, right. So we just take in anyone we can. So it's for us, it's right now, it's like quantity over quality, <laughs> even though we will want it the other way around. So like, there is like commitment issues, mm, and yeah. there's honestly there's nothing we can do, oh, which okay. is like something we're really struggling with. Right. So perhaps like in the future, maybe that would be a lot more easier to pick more proactive people. Yeah, because at the start, obviously, we only had so many people wanting to start the club. So we just took in like as many people as we can, which Mm -hmm. is like 10 people at the start. Okay. This next question is actually a bit, I reckon it might be a little bit difficult, but I've mentioned this in a previous podcast just about how we have our subsidization system in Mm. KCC. So just for like the listeners that haven't heard of this before, our subsidization system is basically a quantification of the amount of work people do within our committee. Yeah. So for example, we have a lot of positions you can run for, a lot of specific event positions you can run for, attendance for meetings, attendance for training sessions for sport, attendance for dance. So all these things, all these like little like nitpicky things as well, can be assigned a point and you can accumulate all these points to be separated in different tiers and these tiers can be applied to subsidize you for certain events where you might have to pay for yourself so for example we have some dinners where we have to pay for it and we have some other um, activities where we might have to pay for our own ticket or something for for our own event so that's a sort of system that we use to incentivize working um working hard within our committee as much as we'd like people to be just proactive by themselves yeah but for you for coda would you consider using a system like that in like the near future or distant future or do you think there's like a different way you might go about things i never really thought about it in like how to i don't think the subsidization would really work for us um just in terms of like fun like finances and stuff Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm up to, like, any ideas how to get committed. <laughs> because yeah. a lot of the committee is just joining because technically we can claim 10 hours of CPD oh. for this. Oh, okay. Which is why a lot of people signed up. <laughs> right. I guess, in a way, that's its own, like, subsidization, like, I guess, thing. yeah. But uh-huh. it doesn't help if they're just not doing work and just yeah. claiming the hours. That's true, that's true. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We're really struggling with, like, commitment mm. in our commitment, like within our club right now so yeah yeah it must be tough yeah so because of this lack of commitment 
because of this lack of proactivity, mm. a lot of stress must be placed on you for office bearers compared to like the off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. But basically, um, four office bearers compared to what, seven OCMs. Mm. I just want to talk about like the time management that you must like, what do you have in place like to manage your time? Like you must be, you're working, you're usually sleeping really early and getting up what like very, very early as well. I'm usually getting up like 11 a.m. on like a really bad day. <laughs> and like, I'm here, I am like seeing you waking up like 7 a.m., 6 p. 6 a.m.? No, like what? 8. Oh, okay, okay. 8. That's a good one. <laughs> that's still like, that's still alien to me. So like, also you have like work, you have hobbies as well. You have a uh, full-time uni. Mm-hmm. How do you balance all these things out? Even your relationships and friendships, like compared to um, your executive work? Um, the best thing that helped was Google Calendar. Google Calendar. Google wow. Calendar. This episode is sponsored by Google. No, But yeah, it really helps with like planning and sorting out my week because I can visually like see everything. Um, and then my work is pretty flexible. So if I feel like I'm having a really like heavy week, I will probably not lost like apply for like certain jobs. Right. Okay. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, and I try to do my uni prep during the weekend, so I don't have to worry about it during the week. And then um, throughout the like weekdays and stuff, that's when I handle like the club stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. So it seems like you do have like quite a system in place, like at the moment. Would you would you say so? You kind of. Um, it really depends. Sometimes there are instances where like for the club, we have to do like last minute things during the weekend or something mm. um, because for us we kind of plan our um, we don't give enough time to plan our events because everything just comes in like pretty last minute and we're kind of like oh like we're gonna do this and this and this right yeah, yeah. and then it ends up get it gets pretty stressful because we're just worried not having enough time mm. yeah okay so like you did say like even though there are last minute things mm. I think like a lot of OCMs don't understand that even if something is done last minute, as long as it's done, like it's it passes pretty much. But in order to get those last minute things done, a lot of sacrifices have to be yeah. made. And a lot of the work that we do as office bearers require a lot of sacrifices yeah. um, personally. Is there anything that pops into mind when I say like the word sacrifice? Um, sacrifice, definitely time. Mm, yeah. Um. And I don't know, part of it is also like being an office bearer because it's like you have to delegate tasks. I feel like I'm also like in a way sacrificing like my image in a way. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know because be like at least for me, I'm like a very like, as I said, like a people pleaser. So if I at least I, I don't know how to say this, but like being having to like delegate tasks and like boss people around and like boss people around um it kind of like is not who I am and it kind of mm. like I'm kind of like I don't know how to explain it yeah I think actually that's quite a big issue that a lot of us again a lot of office bearers do think about but yeah. OCMs don't think about is that we're always like none of us are just born into our role yeah we usually have to change ourselves like a little bit yeah like I know like being president a lot of my friends like to 
Oh, I know like particular people on like even on my pilot episode, mm. we had Jerry Kwan come on. And um, something that he usually refers me to when I'm in the context of KCC, he sometimes calls me Prez Lano as opposed to regular Lano. Oh, it's like that becomes your like identity in a way. Yeah. So like um, sometimes he'll be like, oh, that's Prez Lano talking instead of like regular The Boys or Lano. Yeah, yeah. Like especially coming from a fresher context last year um, where I was like, I was just memeing a lot i was just like mm. streamlined just chilling through my kcc life and then like this year i have like all these responsibilities i have to become a bit of a boss as well yeah like i do feel like that there is a bit of a sacrifice as well and it's kind of tough because like i've created like especially my freshman year a lot of these connections with all these people and like sometimes i just have to boss them around sometimes i have to like be a little bit pushy yeah and I like fear a little bit like do they think that this is personal like mm. or do they think that like do they understand that I'm doing this for the better of the club yeah because like a lot of people like I again I do make that huge comparison time and time again of OCM versus office bearer OCMs don't really like understand why like we have to do certain things in a certain way like yeah. why we have to give out like punishments or like why we have to like do all these things and it's kind of hard at times to express that because like there was this particular instance where like one of my really really close friends um within the club they did something like quite gravely wrong Mm. and it potentially could harm the image of the club could harm like some of the processes within the club as well this Mm. happened this year and like they were in my fresher year with me last year we like to hang out a lot. We like play volleyball a lot. And then after this grave incident happened, I had to give them like our, I had to give them a strike, which mm. is our like punishment, our um, like executive judgment. Yeah. And I really like, after that happened, I was quite like emotionally a bit distraught because I was like, I really don't like this part of me. Mm. I really don't like having to, um set my own peers my own friends straight because I'm the president because I'm an office bearer yeah so like there's a lot of things that we have to think about when it comes to like sacrifices I don't think like that's the only thing though I think there are like a couple other things like other than image yeah like for example like I mentioned with Ben's podcast like my relationship Mm. how there's like a lot of give and take I had to even like pre-warn like my partner before like I became president oh no while I was president that there will be times I can't make time for you yeah so like do you have any other like any other sacrifices you can think of like in particular to maybe like your relationships or your friendships or anything like that are affected by you being office bearer um I think being in like office bearer role I have, like, instances where, like, the friendship within, like, committee is kind of, like, a bit tainted, mm. I would say. Yeah. Because of, like, this bossing around situation. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. probably friendship in terms of, not, not in terms of, like, time. It's more, like, um, like whether it's, like, a healthy friendship within yeah. the committee because of, like, all this, like, you know, stress and everything just gets to you and then there's always like conflict at times and like mm. miscommunication yeah 
I think, yeah, it's actually quite a hard topic to verbalize as well. Yeah, because it's like something that we don't usually talk about within our, even our executive teams. Mm -hmm. I think I like, just a mental note for you guys who are listening, like if you are an office bearer or like thinking about it, make sure you talk to your team, like make sure you extend that beyond your professional like relationship as well. Yeah. We'll touch on that more later, but we've been talking about sacrifices for a long time now. And I just want to ask you, do you think it's been worth it being secretary? Um, I would say yes and no. Mm-hmm. No, obviously for like the sacrifices I've had to make, but yes, in the instance of um, starting this club, we've like, since starting this club, we've had like a couple of like um, students across the years that come up to us be like, oh, thank you so much for like starting this club, like making an OT club. Cause it's like, it was something we wanted for years, but no one has ever taken an initiative to do. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's like hearing that made us feel like, oh, Maybe, like, doing all this was really worth it. Wow. And then, like, obviously, if, like, your events or, like, our, like, activities, like, turn out well and it's really rewarding, you just have this sense of, like, oh, I, like, after all this work, I've been able to achieve this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can sort of see that applied within, like, a general, like, office bearer context yeah. as well. Like, I think, like, within KCC, there's a lot of times where, like, I've helped an event pop off or like I've helped like our event leaders themselves like fulfill their dreams almost like <coughs> with our cocktail night we had earlier in the year I remember specifically saying to the event leaders we're gonna try help your dreams come true mm-hmm. and like at the end um we like ended up selling out and the event was like totally magical in my opinion like mm-hmm. it was like all these performances, all of this stuff that I've never really seen KCC do before. And the fact that it was like so successful, like sales wise, but also like quality wise, in my opinion, like it really felt fulfilling for me. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. Like I said, in a general office bearer, like opinion, but how about like being secretary in particular? I think that the secretary is usually kind of the control tower, mm-hmm. like within like the committee within the office bearers. So do you think it's been worth it being secretary or do you think that maybe if you were in a different office bearer role or maybe a different role in the committee, it might have been better? Like, what do you think? Um, in terms of being a secretary, I think it's been rewarding in the sense that like, I've learned like so many different skills that I honestly would not have known. Like I've learned how to write minutes myself. Oh my gosh. Um, my emails are so much better. <laughs> so much better writing emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the different like skills I've been able to learn being secretary. Um, I think it's like something worth having. And if I had to pick maybe a different role within the office bearers, I don't think I would. I would still, mm-hmm. because I think a secretary probably suits me the most. Yeah. Um, but if you maybe pick a different, o- like an OCM. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. Anything, anything would probably be easier <laughs> than a secretary, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is like every podcast I do, I do usually ask a random question. Oh, here we go. The... No, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to that section okay. yet. I'm still saving it for the end, but this is quite a random question that yeah. I actually asked this question to the president of Indos, which is the president of the 
um, like I think Indonesian Student Society of Mm -hmm. UWA. Mm -hmm. And I asked her this question, which I'd like to ask to you right now as well. If you like went to sleep tonight and tomorrow you woke up as a new office bearer, one of a different, one of the other positions, which one would you be most unhappy about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Um, there's so many options right there. <laughs> Honestly, it's between like president and treasurer. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I don't know. I feel like everyone says treasurer is like the worst. Yeah. yeah. That was what I chose. Yeah, so, like, okay, yeah. yeah, treasurer. Honestly, and then if treasurer because of like, you know, doing all the finances and stuff. Yeah. And president just purely because of like being like the top of the top, having to oversee everything, delegating, and being like, the big boss mm, and again yeah. i hate bossing people around yeah. that would not fit with me right like, it's between those two yeah like neck and neck have you like i think we do talk a little bit about like teamwork and like mm. working closely with your other office bearers yeah have you really gotten into like what your treasurer actually does because i know like for myself i know for claudia as well like our treasurers do a lot of work and like they like using spreadsheets and like excels and things like that and i remember opening one of albert's spreadsheets up and i was like what is going on i just look at it i'm like yes that's cool that's cool so do you know in particular like what your treasurer does and i'll ask you the same question for your other office bearers um i don't have a lot to say on this but i don't have a treasurer right now (laughs) oh snap (laughs) Um, okay. So my treasurer left like a few months ago, so it's kind of been like the rest of us. So it's kind of like doing all the finances and stuff. Oh. Um. But yeah, it's a bit of like my president and like VP and also like a bit of me that we're doing the finances. And I, honestly, we don't know what we're doing. Okay. But we 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 kind of make it work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I feel like that role in particular, treasurer, is so like you need to have the right person yeah exactly that's like really you know like certain things it's like oh president maybe you need like this sense skill but like treasure you actually need someone who knows what yeah you're doing. exactly so it must be really really tough that you guys have to cover yeah Jeez. <laughs> honestly okay all right so let's just talk a bit more about teamwork which must be especially important with you three i um, guess three <laughs> <laughs> so I think, like, a lot of people undermine, like, the importance of teamwork within a team. Like, as obvious as it should sound, like, there are a lot of people who want to run for president but mm-hmm. do everything themselves. Like, is there anything, like, any comments you want to make about teamwork within, like, your office bearing team? Um, teamwork, definitely. Communication, such a bit, such a big thing. Yeah. Being able to communicate with your office bearers. And I think building a good like connection and relationship with your other office bearers is like so important yeah. and i've like used this analogy on you but like to, to you before like i would say the office bearers are like the four pillars oh yeah the four pillars and if you think about it, if like one pillar is down the whole thing's just gonna collapse right yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> no comment no i think like yeah that's like absolutely true like they're like really people that hold like the committee up and like for last year we actually like had a missing vice president Mm. like they weren't missing they were there for like the entirety of the year except that they were quite like absent from 
KCC related activities. Yeah. And they, whatever their reason was, I think it was due to like mental health or like some like other internal affairs with them, with themselves or maybe their family, things like that. However, like, I'm not going to talk about them, but I'm going to talk about what happened to the other three. Like they were covering a lot of um, what the vice president should have been doing or could have been doing. And I think like I actually had this comment from um, our past secretary, our immediate past secretary last year, his name's Nick. And Nick was saying like, oh, secretary, like I find it so funny how people think secretary is the hardest job. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like crazy. It's crazy difficult. And then like he was talking about how um, Ben this year is probably going above and beyond what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Him last year, he was doing like above and beyond what he needed to do, especially with the context of like missing a VP. But he was doing more than what the secretary actually needs to do at base level, which yeah. like in the context of KCC is like write a couple EMPs. Yeah. like and maybe like write minutes, send a couple emails. So he was saying like, secretary is actually not a hard job, but it was hard on himself trying to cover the missing VP, yeah. trying to pretty much be the secretary and VP at the same time. So do you think that like, you're going through like a similar thing, missing that like fourth pillar? Yeah, I would say like the rest of us are just trying to hold on, like without the treasurer, it's, we're gonna have, we're having to like, you know, it's like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. I didn't sign up to be a treasurer. And look, we're like doing like all these like spreadsheets and stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, I could never. Honestly, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like the rest of us are just trying to go as, like go with, like go with the flow kind of thing. Yeah. Because without a treasurer, it's kind of like, yeah, without like, if you lose one of your office bearers, it's kind of like, the rest have to take on the workload right which is kind of yeah kind of sucks but yeah i think it's still it's still doable but yeah it'd be a lot more easier like with that fourth pillar in place yeah okay so let's talk a little bit about our vps okay because mm-hmm. i think vp is quite a position that not many people know exactly what they do mm-hmm. a lot of people assume that it'll be one of the easiest positions as well so what do you think about like that sort of remark that that people make um well at least for my club my like president's kind of been a bit absent due to like mental health issues okay so obviously a lot of the workload is placed on my vp yeah yeah so um having to yeah um well depends on each club i would say like if your president is pretty like on board with stuff like aka the kcc president (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah um then i guess like it is still a shared responsibility between the president and VP, but if like let's say the president's absent, then I think pretty much the VP becomes a president in yeah. a way. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that opinion as well, which is still true. Like it's especially in the job description of VP to step in whenever the president is absent mm-hmm. and to assist the president wherever possible. I think that's yeah. like the actual yeah. like definition that people have. But I think like um I think within the context of KCC, perhaps in the context of other clubs as well, we could use our VPs like a lot more than uh, what we've been using them for at the moment. Yeah. And I know that like within KCC as well, our VP is doing a lot of her own things, Mm -hmm. which is perfect because I think I would not like to have a VP that wasn't proactive. 
Mm. But our VP is very proactive in going for her own like roles yeah. within the year and like doing like head headlining all of these tasks and like being like such a like a key player at every single event. And I think a lot of people think like, yeah, VP is easy. It is very is potentially very easy if you don't want to do anything and just do like your own role. Mm-hmm. But like, would you want that person who thinks that way to be your VP? Is like a whole different story right exactly yeah so like i think vp is like such a um like people don't have a high enough expectation for it yeah and i think that vps should have a little bit more credit where yeah, credit is due definitely yeah and like i think i don't know about you but last year vp was the most contested position like we had two people running for president three people running for vp a secretary running like by himself (laughs) and then two people running for treasurer so that's three like potential vps so is vp also like did you have that sort of issue within coda as well or like was it quite like oh yeah you're gonna be vp or like i'm gonna be vp um for my club at the start we were just kind of like gathering people to fill up all the roles so but uh, honestly there were two people running for vp but then the other one just stepped down and became an events coordinator instead Mm, um but yeah i think a lot of people do have that perception that like vps are just like you know president assistant (laughs) yeah i think like it's especially like important to have a vp that also and i think this is just a thought that i've just come up with but i think it's nice to have a VP that's very different from the president because Mm. like, for example, with me, I find myself to be quite a, like, um, a chill person who doesn't like, I don't like yelling a lot. Mm. And like, I like to be like as controlled as possible. And like, I don't really like, um, I'm not too headstrong with opinions at times. I do have a lot of ideas. I do like to share them, but I'm like, also open to hearing a lot of ideas as well Mm. whereas like in contrast with our vp our vp is quite headstrong herself Mm. she's quite like independent motivated she's quite she's got a loud voice as well (laughs) yeah which is good because um sometimes she's telling people to shut up when they need to listen to me for example and like i think it's good like to have that vp be a lot oh somewhat different to the president because if you're getting the same thing twice you're probably covering too much of like yeah what the other is doing so what do you think about that do you think like it matters that much or do you think like maybe it would be better if the president was exactly like the vp what do you think i think that's a really good point i never thought about thought of it like that but it makes sense that like it's kind of like two people covering um like doing the role together so it's like Mm. you have two different like spectrum like spectrum yeah yeah yeah. so like having like obviously like the really like um headstrong one versus the one that's more like laid back yeah i think yeah. that's a really good balance to have and i think honestly if like every club could have that then it'd be like really good yeah yeah i think like um that sort of train of thought it doesn't get like spoken about enough like mm-hmm. i remember talking to the guest that i'll be having on later mm-hmm. like he said that these like these agenda points that I gave him are like points that he thinks about, but 
he never really gets to speak about to mm. anyone. And I think like that particular thought in itself is quite like uncovered, uncharted territory because like there are some like expectations that we have for executive positions that are already like word of mouth already spread out. Yeah. So for example, within our club, we've had a club for like about 10 years now and there's an expectation that the treasurer is going to be a non-fresher from the year before. So, for example, Albert, um, when I was a fresher last year, he was already in his second year mm-hmm. of KCC. And this year he's in his third year and he's like the treasurer. And they want like a person who's more experienced or more like loyal, air quote, like in the committee. To like, like trustworthy? Yeah, trustworthy pretty mm-hmm. much like to be the treasurer of the committee. So do you have any expectations for perhaps like future roles, like for your office bearers? Um. I guess the expectation would be obviously like proactivity. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> for, that's true. For like our club, but other than that, I don't think we're really like too like particular. I mean, if a fresher would want to do it, we would obviously look into like whether they understand what they're doing, like mm, know what yeah. the role entails. Um, but yeah, I think it's all a lot of like learn as you go. Yeah. Being, yeah. Like taking up the role. I see. I see. Okay, so like, I'm just talking a little bit about like expectations for like the next like potential office bearers and like mm. what our expect or what the club's expectations were for office bearers in general. Mm. But I just like to talk a little bit about what we call handover, right? Mm. So even though you did say your term starts in May, and I learned very recently that you'll be handing over officially like in May next year or like you're ending your term in May next year Mm. can you like speak a little bit about handover and like what your handover in particular might entail um well one thing is if no one wants to take up the role then we kind of have to keep going (laughs) but if like let's say there is people who want to take over like office bearer roles then the handover will probably be like I personally, I would try to give as much advice to the upcoming like office barriers because I wish I had that. Mm, um, yeah. But then obviously starting the club, we didn't have get like the, have the privilege to um, have like someone um, to tell us like give advice, like tell us what to do, what what would to expect, and um, so I think if there would be like future office barriers, I would totally provide them some advice on like the expectations of the roles right yeah Yeah. i think like handover is one of my favorite topics because it varies Mm. so much club to club Mm. and like hearing you like as a new like club your handover is going to be definitely very interesting to hear about in the future but i'll just talk a little bit about my own handover Mm. and like a little like briefly hopefully briefly about how we plan executing our handover as well So my handover in particular from last year, we were all gathered in one room with our three executives from last (laughs) year and the four, uh, me, Theo, Albert and Ben um, sitting in that room as well. And a lot of it was word of mouth. It was like quite a small room, but we were a lot like everyone was just talking at the same time. Mm. Um, They had like a document where they showed us like what was going on, like how to execute each event. Um, things to run through, things like that, pros and cons, tips and tricks. So all of these things and like there, it wasn't quite 
as general as I thought it would be. There was a lot of like, okay, we're going to do the Prez VP handover now. Um, and at the same time, we're going to do the secretary handover. So you guys go over there. Oh. Treasurer handover, you guys go over there. Oh. So yeah, it was quite different. And then like after that, we had like a, um, even though we're like not really allowed to do this, but like we had like a curtain handover yeah. and the UWA handover. Oh. So they, they were like, okay, if you go curtain, come here. If you go UWA, go over there, which was, is convenient there because the UWA students are the secretary and treasurer mm. and then VP and president, like, happened to be Curtin students. So oh. there was just, like, yeah, a little bit of a conversation going on there. But although, like, this is not quite, this is not good to admit, but I felt like the handover was a bit bland and, like, because of that, I haven't referred back to the handover as much as I think I should. Mm. But I think that if it was given in a more engaging manner or, like, in a manner that sort of, like, was attuned to my goals or beliefs or expectations, um, my, like, the way I like to look at things, then I might be more interested in going back to it. Mm. So this year we've decided, like, I think between Albert and I at least, we've talked about having a handover a little bit differently, having, like, maybe a presentation or mm. something, like, or, like, little, like, lecture, lecture sort of things yeah. or, like, some little content like that our next executives can access that's easy to access that's digestible as well yeah instead of having like this block of like you know just words and like just them like speaking at us and like asking at the end do you have any questions like I feel like it's a bit ineffective because it's not engaging enough Mm. so I feel like handover is like still even in our 10th year a continually evolving process Mm. and I think that a lot of things that um even though like we're in our 10th year, I feel like handover must have stagnated a little bit in terms of like how effective people find it or our office bearers find it. Yeah. So like the example that I've used before within Claudia's podcast, like for example, within meetings, our president was reading like off his phone, the agenda points, like talking about it, like off his phone as well. Maybe off the top of his head, I would never know. Yeah. But like, I started to bring in like presentations so that people could be more engaged or like more interested Mm. like in what was going on. So like that's like one step and then like I feel like if I made or me and the other office bearers made a presentation for our next office bearers to see that'd be another step in like furthering like or evolving the club even more. So just on that like on that note of like improving and like evolving your club is there anything that you want to change like based on what you've done so far what the office bearers have done um i definitely think we could like hopefully for next year at least like kind of plan out like our like the events we have lined up better because again a lot of the things we had were quite last minute mm-hmm. um and i think to improve i would ideally want like a kind of like a timeline of like mm, the yeah. at least like the first semester of like what when we plan to have an event and like plan like months ahead instead of like right. weeks yeah because that was what happened this semester which like gave us a lot of stress to be honest oh okay. yeah yeah i feel like that um that's quite tough to address like doing those like events months in advance because like Mm. we didn't really have that issue as much because of our like op treasurer 
like yeah. he already created like a calendar yeah. for us to like look through and all these like projected dates of like because at the beginning of every um every executive year mm. there's a into club meeting where we like to plan our events and i'm not sure if i should be talking about this but i'll just talk about it anyway where we do plan our events so that we don't clash with the other cs msu and asia events mm. and we plan this like without four executives there or we planned this without four executives there uh five executives from um cs and msu and then yeah. the four executives from asia and we like we go through like oh when do you want your dates we debate a little bit of like if there are clashing dates you guys go here we'll go here etc etc yeah and like it's a because of that like pre-planning and like us finding out what those dates are gonna potentially be early mm. like our treasure was just like okay i'm gonna make this calendar i'm gonna put these like all on a sheet on a like a word document or like a google google sheets document and then i'm gonna also put in and this this is kind of like a bit of a crazy part but potential agendas for every single week like throughout the year oh my god so he already planned that out in advance and like um like it's not even his job exactly and like it's potentially not even ben's job because <laughs> oh, like, like planning ahead your agendas that's like <laughs> yeah that's kind of crazy right yeah so like i don't know i think it's a bit it's a bit easier for us to like because of that in particular to mm. plan out our year so is there anything that you would do like in particular to help you guys like plan like things more in advance we were thinking like probably before the semester starts like getting into a meeting um like having a meeting and then discussing like potential events like cpd events or like um i don't know like maybe social events that we planned because um hiring a guest speaker takes longer than we thought right. because a lot of um the guest speakers have like things lined up like months ahead mm, so if yeah. we were able to probably um schedule a time with a guest speaker for like a certain month next year um and then like set a date on that that would be like honestly really helpful for us because mm, we wouldn't have yeah. to go searching for guest speakers like last minute. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think also like yeah, I never go a podcast without mentioning Albert. Like, <laughs> first of all, do you think like within your executive team, within your office bearer teams, mm. that everyone is good and this is subjective, mm. good at hitting their deadlines? Because I think that within our team there are a lot of things that we need to fulfill during certain deadlines like a very common example would be secretary has to get minutes out by this time or something like that or mm. like agendas out by this period of time before the meeting mm. so do you think your office bearers are like yeah subjectively good at hitting their deadlines um subjectively i don't <laughs> think so okay because <laughs> we even though we set deadlines i feel like they aren't really like kept off like keep track we don't really like even though we said it we mm. don't really fulfill it unless like one of us is like kind of like oh like have you done this <laughs> um it's like we have to keep like sending like reminders so i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't say we're really good at keeping up with deadlines right in particular not as good as kcc <laughs> <laughs> i think like okay kcc is like although we have deadlines for particular things a lot of it is because the office bearers themselves are proactive 
Yeah. Because we have like 50 odd members to sift through to create our office bearer team. Exactly. So it's a lot like it's going to be a lot easier to find proactive people given we have such a large sample mm. size. So we have that already in place, like generally proactive people who are going to be running for our positions. But and here's where I promised to mention Albert like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> but like um, our treasurer went ahead and created this little document as well <laughs> with each of our names, each of our positions. And like, he was like, okay, guys. And this was at the start of the year. Okay, guys. So we have a lot of things that ourselves particularly need to do throughout the year. Here's like where you can keep like track of what you're doing and set your own deadline. <laughs> and then like, if you ever forget what you need to do, you can refer back to this document. And you can also put in tasks for your other executive members in case there's things that they need to do but they might not be aware of or they might have forgotten about so like we had already like a hard um what was it like a um soft copy yeah like a soft copy version of like a calendar or like Mm. things that we could be doing but like for ourselves to keep ourselves in check oh my god so like top notch (laughs) I think it's just that Albert so much. <laughs> it's Albert, man. It's all Albert. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to quote um, Claudio, but, like, they say all treasures are built different. But <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> your treasures are built different. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, there are all these, like, different ways, I think, that um, we could be doing our roles. And I think it's quite, like, actually, it's a little bit fun like the fact that we can play around with our role so much it might be a bit more difficult for you guys especially because it's your first year yeah but like with us there's a lot to play with and like because I've been in the committee like the year before I can see how things are like panning out Mm. see how things I want to uh see how I can do things differently the next year or see if my executive team wants to do things differently as well and if they want to do it then like I'm usually like all for it and I can think, I think one of the most important things as president in particular is to not be too critical of a thinker, to like be open to like new ideas. Yeah. Because one of the things that I said to um, the committee, no, not the committee, but like our executive team at the very start of the year is that, and I'll probably repeat this in the next podcast, but <laughs> the, the committee, the club is going to be as big as the execs want it to be yeah so like i think like obviously it's a lot harder in your like early stages but it's still possible to like skyrocket and still possible for us as well to like continue to grow and continue to achieve our goals just by like being proactive and just like by doing these little things that like make a difference like going for certain like partaking in certain events or like doing different events or different styles of things within the club like there are all these little things that we can change as office bearers to make a difference yeah so I just want to ask you as one of the final questions what would you say to those people who like might be thinking about running for an office bearer position for your club in particular my club in particular um I feel like proactivity is like a really big thing for my club if like as you said like before with your um office bearers I'm your execs I feel like within the past year KCC has grown so much Mm, because of like the office bearers like doing like honestly great job (laughs) to you man wow (laughs) yeah honestly um it's really like admirable to see how much KCC has grown within the past year 
Oh, um, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I feel like everyone says, like, like they are so surprised to see, like, um, I know someone from, like, a few years ago who was in KCC, and then they said, like, it's crazy how much KCC has grown mm. um, within, like, just, like, this past year. Like, having like, how many, like, four, four or five events? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really really admirable and um advice i would give for like my committee if anyone wants i think that proactivity is like really really important and i would say um being able to communicate with like your other office bearers is like really crucial as well um because in a way like ma like for kcc you guys kind of had like a could kind of get to know each other because like during like your fresher year yeah yeah for sure whereas for us it's kind of like 10 strangers coming into <laughs> one club <laughs> yeah. yeah so um being able to build a connection i think it's like really important mm. and kind of know who you're working with right yeah okay so thank you for that now we're going to our actual random question okay so this is like for those who are new to my podcast, I ask a completely random, unwarranted, un like impossible to prepare for a question at the end of every podcast. Thanks to Claudia who blindsided me in the first podcast. So my question for Ewan, uh, just a bit of context first, is that Ewan is actually quite a big K-pop fan, quite a big K-R&B, K-hip-hop fan. No, no, the, why is she? She's like gasping right now, but... um. She's actually attended a lot of K- KCC clubbing events and like a couple of KCC like other events as well. So she's quite invested into like Korean culture and Korean music in particular, I would say. But <laughs> why are you? She's like, she's I'm like dying. <laughs> so I'm just like holding the suspense, but like it's not that big of a question. She's like dying right now. But the question in particular <laughs> is if. <laughs> Okay, the question in particular is, based entirely on their music, which K-hip-hop or K-R&B artist would you date and why? Solely on their music. Solely on their music, not what you actually know. It's okay, take your time. This is, like, again, completely unwarranted. I will not cut out the pause that she takes to think about it either, if she has it. Oh, honestly, I thought you were going to ask a different question. Oh, really? Okay, I'm not going to say which question because you're going to ask it later. You can ask me no. and then I'll ask you back. No, I'm not going to do that. Wow. Yeah, I want you to ask okay. me. Um, I don't know. My favourite, like, K, R&B, like, hip-hop um, artist is PH1. So oh, okay. If anything, probably PH1. Yeah. Do you think, like... We'll just go into very brief yeah. conversation about this part. Um, just a bit of context as well. PH1 is a um, like a Korean American rapper, and he's a part of higher music at the moment under J Park's label. So PH1 seems to be quite a laid back guy, but we're talking about his music at the moment. Mm. So anything like any tracks in particular you might want to recommend to our audience. Oh, hold on. I'm like, I gotta pull it <laughs> She's pulling up the playlist. <laughs> Damn. Hold on. Okay, okay. Um, um, you can keep talking while okay, I look sorry. for it. Okay, sorry. Change one. Oh, who, who are you? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to you. Then. Based on, uh, okay. Um, I know that there are plenty of fantastic K-hip-hop, K-R&B female artists out there. Mm. Like, you've got legends like Jessie. Oh, like, yeah. Cheetah, Moon, Jackie Y, all these like 
famous people, but I'm gonna have to go with Jay Park still. Jay Park. Jay Park. I know you're like big like Jay Park. Because <laughs> I just think he's such like a he's so alpha, and, oh, okay. and like his music like um I'm sure you know his album like Everything You Wanted like with All I Want to Do like Me Like Ya. Um, limousine drive all of these like really big J Park tracks and I think like those tracks just make me feel like he would take care of me and like make me feel um, really oh you know alpha <laughs> yeah, yeah wait I'm, I ain't saying that I'm just saying he's really really alpha okay um PH1 I have like okay let's like on my top five top five top five okay um uh, Till I Die oh, J okay. Park yes yes Lights Out Oh, lights out. Lights out. All right. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, snap. Okay, okay. <laughs> and pack it up. Wow. That's like my top five. Top five. You guys heard it here first. M- maybe unlikely to hear it ever again. Oh. But we'll see, we'll, <laughs> well see. Well, might be. It might change. Might change. Might change. Okay. So let's look forward to the next podcast where I ask the same question again. <laughs> but... Thank you so much for coming on today um, for this podcast that we started at like 9am in the morning, yikes. Yes. But um, just for our actual final closing remarks, can you plug in your next upcoming event? Um, my next event is actually happening next week. Oh, wow. Uh, next Wednesday, October 13th. October 13th. Um, we're having like a, uh, like a guest speaker come in. He's, his name is Chris Price. He's the managing director of OT Services Group. And he'll be like talking about um um so definitely not ot related but driving assessments and like how to um focusing on like driver rehab rehab and he's gonna bring in some modified cars so like wow um, yeah modified cars and he's gonna give like a live demonstration as well which is like pretty cool sheesh okay yeah thank you so much Yuen, for coming onto our podcast um i'd just like to make like just a final final note but on my behalf it's actually like one week before we start our elections for mm. our um, new office bearers for KCC. So I'll be pushing out a lot more podcasts this coming week. Ooh. So yeah, look forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. If you've listened this far, um, you and do you have any final remarks you'd like to say to the listeners? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no it's, worries. It was a long time coming. It was, <laughs> I, I, I've heard you talk about this making this podcast like since like before you even started <laughs> yeah. so seeing it and being up and running is so cool yes all these listeners oh yes yeah okay so thank you again for coming on and thank you guys for listening to what does it take thank you <laughs>